Let's pray. Hold me up, God, that I might lift you up. Amen. Y'all, I have some really good news for y'all today. I mean, it's excellent good news. But I'm not going to lie to you. When I first read the scripture that guides us today, I thought, Jesus, you have got to be yoking. <laughs> That's pretty corny, I know. But <laughs> take your yoke upon me? Are you kidding me? I mean, I already have way too much to do and way too little time to do it in. Y'all, I'm tired. Weary is a really good word. I'm weary. That word for me evokes that sense that not only am I overscheduled and overcommitted, but for months now, life seems to have been coming at me in wave after wave of, well, let's just call them challenges. Realities to confront that have not been fun. I won't go into a lot of detail right now, but I mean it's on every front. Personal, family, political, church, both local and global, I'm overwhelmed. And it's one of those overwhelms where you don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. I have a really hard time imagining the day when everything will be checked off my list, when every challenge will have been resolved. And I know I'm not the only one that feels this way. Can I get an amen? amen. Yes. We all have lives that are busy. Crazy busy is a good word. And yes, I consider that to be one word, crazy busy, because it evokes the sense that we're really trying to get when we say it that way, crazy busy. So in the midst of our crazy busy lives, which is hyphenated, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. This is when I have to take that deep breath, right? Because he says, my yoke is easy and you'll find rest. I find that a little bit suspicious. So many of the yokes that we bear feel like a burden. I mean, they just weigh us down. Work, school, household chores, social obligations, political commitments, family, extracurricular activities, students. Forget about exercise. All of them sometimes feel imposed upon us, obligatory yokes that feel more like shackles than anything else because we don't know how to escape them. So why would Jesus' yoke be any different from all these other yokes we bear? Why would his yoke be easy? Well, here's the thing. Here's where the news starts to get good because the, the Greek that's translated here as easy, it's better translated as well-fitting or fulfills a purpose. The word that's translated here as easy can even be translated, as it relates to God, as gracious. Which is really important because this text, what Katie just read for us today, these are the final verses in a section of Matthew's Gospel in which Jesus is telling his disciples that God is being revealed in him. So he's saying, pay attention. Watch me. 
because you can know the Father if you know the Son. I mean, the words that Jesus speaks right before the words that Katie read for us today say, no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And then immediately following this, Jesus says, so come to me, all. Come to me. Because this know, this knowing the Father through the Son, this is that know that we've talked about before that is this knowing very well, this deep knowing. It's an intimate knowing, something that we come to know by experience. So Jesus says, all of you come to me and take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn from walking with me, learn from experiencing me. And by experiencing me, you will know God. This is what the season of Lent is really all about, isn't it? I mean, we follow Jesus throughout these 40 days leading up to Easter. We follow him as he journeys to the cross. And we experience Jesus by walking alongside him much more intentionally maybe than we do any other time of the year. And Jesus enables us to do this, our scripture today tells us. The reason that his yoke gives us rest is because it is so well-fitting and because it fulfills a purpose. It fulfills God's purpose for our lives. The reason so many of the other yokes that we bear feel, feel so heavy, I mean, it may be because they don't really fit us. Maybe they don't serve the purpose that God has in mind for us, or maybe we're bearing the burden of some of these yokes alone. I know I do that. I'm not very good at asking for help sometimes. I'm not very good at delegating. But yokes most commonly are meant to join at least two, sometimes more than that, um, work animals together. Ox or horses or donkeys so that they can pull something heavy, so that they can bear a weight together. Most often, the one that comes to mind for me is a plow to prepare a field for planting. And if you place an ill-fitting yoke on an ox, it doesn't matter how light that burden is, every ounce of effort will feel like a burden. But even a heavy burden is bearable if the yoke is well-fitting. I wonder if our yokes feel heavy sometimes because they are ill-fitting. Maybe they are yokes that aren't meant for us. Could be that we're plowing the wrong field. What Jesus is telling us is that in contrast to other yokes, his fits. Jesus' yoke is not a one-size-fits-all. It fits each and every one of us perfectly because it was custom-made just for you. I love Jesus' invitation to accept his yoke because he's really talking about finding and living into our God-given purpose. 
And it suggests that living within our purpose connects us or reconnects us to an unhurried God. It's in being yoked to Christ that we discover more fully who God is. Each week I make a list of all the things that I have to do in the coming week. And the very first thing on every single list that I write every single week is write sermon. (laughs) I mean, that's definitely my field, right? I mean, it's a field that I and only I can plow. I mean, I can't delegate to someone else to write the sermon that I'm going to preach on Sunday. That would just be weird. And of all the things that I do in ministry, this is the single best opportunity that I have on a weekly basis to connect with and impact the most people. And almost every single week, other yokes divert my attention. The next thing you know, I'm plowing every other imaginable field. And the number one field on my list ends up being the very last one that I plow. I don't know if that sounds familiar to y'all or not, but it happens to me every week. To draw on another metaphor, let's go back to that metronome that we heard at the beginning of the service during the threshold moment. Metronomes are used for the purpose of setting the tempo of a musical piece. And there's a perfect tempo that is intended for each piece of music. It's indicated in the musical score. And when it's played at the appropriate tempo, it is the tempo that the composer intended for it to be played at. And then in contrast to the perfectly played music, we tend to get crazy busy in our lives because we have a hard time saying no. We can't say no to all those other metronomes that start to take over our lives. So we spend a lot of time and attention and energy wrapped up in activities and pursuits that have little or nothing to do with our specific purpose. They have little or nothing to do with what it is that brings us alive in the world and that brings life to the world through us. We hear all the other metronomes or yokes calling to us saying, come play me. Or come plow this field. Don't you have a heart? Come on. I need your help. Why are you ignoring me? Really, I won't take much of your time. It'll only take a minute. I hate that phrase. (laughs) That is a deadly phrase. If you hear someone say, it'll only take a minute, run away. Run far, far away. And don't let guilt get you. Or before you know it, you're going to be plowing every field but your own. And I know, I mean, I know that saying no is not easy. Emma, didn't you say that this was the year of no for you? Yeah. She told me it was not going well. (laughs) She said no to saying no, apparently. But... I want to share with you what my spiritual director told me once that has stuck with me. And it has actually helped me sometimes. She said, you know, every single time that you say yes to one thing, you are saying no to something else. And so before you say yes, think about the things that you're saying no to. Think about 
the field that you're leaving unplowed. Think about what could grow there that only you can nurture. Our lives have a tempo that is intended for us, that help us to remain in step with our purpose, that keeps us in step with Jesus, the one who composes our lives if we will let him, if we will walk with him each day. And the tempo is different for everybody. We don't all have the same tempo that guides us. And we may have a different tempo for a different purpose, or a different tempo depending on the day of the week or the time of the day. But we have to pay attention to the composer. We have to stay connected to the composer to know what that tempo is. If we are not attentive to our composer, then all those other tempos, all those other metronomes of the world, they start to confuse us. And the next thing you know, you're playing a tune or multiple tunes maybe, that you weren't intended to. So many conflicting tempos that suddenly you short circuit and you just collapse in a heap of exhaustion, never having played the music that only you can play. So I'm going to really mix up my metaphors now, so pay attention. We need to listen for the tempo that Jesus sets for us so that, yoked to him, we follow at the tempo that he sets I mean, he knows us so well, y'all. He, his is a very well-fitting, custom-made yoke that leads us at an ideal tempo to plow the fields that need our particular tending. <laughs> and then life no longer feels like this heavy burden, not when we're in sync with Jesus. So in an effort to better hear the tempo that Jesus has set for me, I've done a couple of things for Lent. I've done a couple of things to help me stay yoked to him. I'm trying to declutter or simplify my life to make space for God. So I've removed email and Facebook from my cell phone, which has caused me a little bit of anxiety. I took my watch off at the beginning of the service like I was instructed. And not only do I now not know what time it is, but I did not get credit for the steps that I took to get up here, (laughs) which is a big deal. That could be an extra couple of tortilla chips (laughs) this afternoon. But those are all yokes that divert me on a regular basis from the most important field that I have to plow on a weekly basis. The other thing I've done is I am committing to plowing my field first. I'm going to write my sermon early in the week. Y'all hold me accountable. And I'm not going to become distracted by other tempos that want to redirect me, by other yokes that want to pull me this way or that way. I mean, remember, Jesus is offering us a custom-fit yoke. I mean, he's offering us the chance to do exactly the work that we were created to do, the work that brings us fully alive and that brings life through us into this world. And he's offering to help you. Jesus doesn't tell us to take up his yoke because he needs for us to do his work. He's asking us to take up his yoke because he can help us know which, plow, which field to plow and which tempo to dance at. 
One of the ways that we can stay in step with Jesus, that we can yoke ourselves with Jesus and remain yoked to him throughout this season is through prayer. And we are um, promoting a specific prayer practice throughout this series. You've probably heard of a time out. Well, we give a time out oftentimes when a break is needed or, you know, perhaps we need to think about the consequences of an action or we need to take a break from the intensity of a conversation or a situation. Or maybe we're just spiraling emotionally. We're overwhelmed. We need some perspective. Maybe we just need to get quiet so that we can find a new direction, so that we can be redirected to the field that we are called to plow. So during this series, we are giving ourselves time out to spend time in the prayer chair, to reconnect ourselves with an unhurried God.